Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio was popping. That kink in your neck. I can see you rubbing it right now. So annoying. What'd you do? I don't know. I got up this morning to do something, and then I went back to sleep. You know, you sleep kind of funky, and you're like, oh, this is comfortable. And then I guess I just slept on it the rest of the night that way. Wait, are you sleeping in your car again? You're no. sleeping funky in I'm a bed. Got, you slept funky yeah, in a bed. Yeah. I got like three pillows. Tempur-Pedic my ass. That don't do nothing. Wow. Yeah, so. You know, you only need two pillows if you have a body pillow. No. A six-foot-long no. body pillow is yeah, all you, you do, need. You do, the one that you cuddle with? Yes. No, I have one pillow that I sleep on, one pillow that goes in between my legs, and another one just like... You know what I'm saying? So we got six pillows. So total. with the body pillow, it does both. Yeah, but it's, it goes around your arm and it goes in between yeah, your legs. Then it gets hot and sweaty. And then what if that big pillow gets hot and sweaty? You're out of a pillow for the rest of the night. Interesting. Yep. So you need a pillow because then it's like I have my third pillow. That one got sweaty in the middle of the night. So now let me flip this other one cool like the other side of the pillow. Shout out Stuart Scott. Yeah, it's a method to the madness. R.I.P. Stuart Scott. Yeah, see, cool as other side of the pillow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think he actually wrote that, or he just said it and said like? I think I think it? he wrote that. I think all of Stuart's Stuartisms. I think he came up with <clears throat> in productions. You know what he didn't write, but is viral. What? Boom goes the dynamite. Did he do, do that? Do you remember that? Hey, y'all y'all on YouTube who check out and watch us on YouTube, mm-hmm. thank you, by the way. Thank you. Make sure you're subscribing. Yeah. We're coming close to 10K. Almost there. Yeah, share it with all your friends. <laughs> but while you're on YouTube and you're done listening to today's episode, yeah, yeah, just type in Boom Goes the Dynamite. Boom Goes the Dynamite. Oh, it's a classic. Okay. It's a classic. You safe, should do that. Safe for work? Oh, yes. It is I'm safe for work. It is safe for work. Shout out to the stranger who sent us our new uh, today's centerpiece. Yes. So, like, full disclosure, I get an Amazon package. I was like, oh, cool. It's a gift. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I, I like gifts. Like, yeah. um, I got a gift from Danielle Anderson. Oh. Sent me a really cool, nice handwritten thank you note. And... Um, Kind of like a, a cocktail mixer for old fashions. Okay, yeah. She's like, go. yeah, I heard you like old fashions. I'm like, I love them, but right now I'm doing 75 hard, so I have to save it. Right. So thank you, Danielle. I never sent her an email to thank her for the thank you. We'll hear it. Well, Are you supposed to do that? Mm, Anyhow, hey, it gets Danielle, a little redundant. if you're checking out today's episode, thank you yeah. for the thank you. Yeah. I do have it. It's sitting on my desk as a reminder to thank you for thanking me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we get this Amazon package, and the book is Speak Like Churchill, Stand Like Lincoln. How how convenient that last the episode we did before Jimmy's was about you know like politics and you know advocating for your industry and then here we are. Oh, you mean the one before before Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah, before, before. Yes, no. So I appreciate it. Whoever sent this to me, I thank you. Thank you. Um, please send me a message on LinkedIn and be like, "Hey, Dio, it was me." Yes. So I can properly thank you for for the gift. But it is our centerpiece, so that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And um. Yeah, how did I get sidetracked on that? Nothing. I pointed, oh, you it, pointed out. That I out. pointed it out. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure we addressed the new centerpiece for today. Yep, and you did give a shout out to Jimmy Nadu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy was our most recent episode. Yeah. Yes. It's so funny. So um, for y'all that think that JC and I put a whole lot of effort into these episodes, chill, bro. Let me walk you through how this morning looked. So I'm sitting down. I'm literally reviewing commissions for 48 loan officers, which is mind numbing mm-hmm. and um, just not the highest and best use of my time. But it's something that I have to do. Right. Comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, John's in here and he's, he's setting up. And um, I went and I think I clicked on the YouTube uh, channel and I no. You sent me the email. Right, That's what you sent me the email with the links yeah. to today to, to the episode that drops today. Like we're yeah. recording an episode today, but we also dropped one today. Yeah. And what's the title of the one? It's basically the last episode. Yeah. How to survive your first two years in the mortgage industry, I believe. I read that and I said to John, I go, that's freaking terrible. That's a terrible title. 
and he looked at me like I had five heads. I was like, bro, that's exactly what. <laughs> That's what you said it was last. Well, uh, you know. Yeah, on Friday. It's neither here nor there. Yeah, it was, it was a Friday that, that we <laughs> recorded it. It was on a Tuesday that, that we dropped it. Yeah. And uh, just to show you how things go in real life. Did I say that? You I'm sure like, did. Yeah, I'm like, I said that? I'm like, that's a terrible title. It's performing well, so I like it. Yeah, and that, that that's how John <laughs> always backs me off the ledge. He's like, well, Dio is performing well. That's where you can't. There's yeah. no rebuttal. Well, yeah. if it's working, it's working. Just keep doing it. Yeah, but it is a great insight. It's a longer episode, yeah. 50 minutes, but Jimmy's worth it. And I think people who want to be like Jimmy, yeah. like shout out to Francis. He's already like hit me up. He's like, dude, I want to be like Jimmy. Really? I'm like, you should want to be like Jimmy. Yeah. Like, Jimmy's doing it. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, he was talented coming in, but I don't take this the wrong way. If Jimmy can do it and become successful, like you could, people can do it. You just got to just stick with itness. Correct. So let's talk about this today. Okay. Is now a good time to talk about it? Let's just call it that. Okay. And speaking of titles, is now a good time? Okay. Question mark, dot, dot, dot. Is now a good time? Is now a good time? That keeps coming up in every circle that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the neighborhood uh, hangout social hour, mm-hmm. whether it's the the office here at Waterstone Mortgage, whether it's talking to my best friend Chris Mosley up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was actually my phone call this morning. He and I played phone tag for like two weeks. We finally connected this morning. Um, Justin, I so apologize. I blew through a call with Justin, Mm -hmm. who is a rookie wannabe loan officer. He wants to become a rookie loan officer. I was supposed to talk to him at 9. I didn't have on the phone until 9.30 because I was talking to Chris Mosley. Okay. Just full disclosure. And anyhow, it keeps coming up. Well, is now a good time to? Hey, Chris, is now a good time for you to sell that beach home up on 30A? Chris lives in Atlanta. 30 A is a, a very hot spot in the mm-hmm. Florida's panhandle. Um, my wife and I, hey, is now a good time to buy that forever home that we've dreamt right. about in St. Pete Beach? Right. Is now a good time to become a mortgage loan originator? Yeah. It's now a good time. Is now a good time to refinance? Hmm. Is now a good time to buy a house? Yeah. And the words of Danielle Anderson. It depends. It depends. Yeah. But let's unpack this today. Okay. Where do you think we should start first? What do you get the most of? Is now a good time? Let's, is now a good time to buy a house? Perfect. Is now a good time to buy a house? The answer is it, it does depend. It depends. But let's talk about what that means. If you are gainfully employed, happy with what you do for a living, confident that your income is stable, you have money saved, let's say 10 grand, I used to say five grand, you need 10 grand mm. because you're not getting sellers to contribute towards your closing cost. Mm-hmm. It, yes, and you're buying a primary home. Yes, now's a good time to buy. Mm. Do I know where mortgage rates are going? Nope, don't know. If I knew I'd be living where? And you're on your yacht in Fiji. On my yacht in Fiji, <laughs> right. yes. Are home prices gonna continue to go up? Maybe, mm-hmm. it depends. Could home prices come down by up to 10%? Possibly, I doubt it. But if you are in a position in life where buying makes sense, then you buy. Period, end of story. When would not be a good time to buy? Is that even like a thing? When would you like, hey, you shouldn't be buying this? Oh, uh, instability in income, instability in in in, in your job, hmm. um, not fully understanding or knowing if where you're currently living is gonna be a, a, a long-term like, hey, I just moved to uh, Kansas City. Man, don't know if I like this place. It's a lot colder in the winter than I thought it would be. I don't know. Mm. No, I'm not knocking Kansas City, by the way. I'm just using that as an example. Um, 
Like that would be a reason not to, mm. right? Is, is now a good time to buy that investment property? It depends. Does it cash flow? Like what, what's your reasoning for buying the investment property? You know, are you buying it to flip it? I don't know, right? If you're buying a property to flip, again, it depends. Depends on how well you bought it. Because when you're looking at property flipping, you make your money when you buy it, not when you sell it. Mm. Think about that. If you buy something cheap enough, it doesn't matter what the market's doing, you'll still make money. The question is, are you gonna make 10% or 30%? But you're still making money if you bought it right. Mm. So I think it just, it just, it just just depends. Yes, mortgage rates have shot up. More than likely they have flatlined. Good chance they're gonna come back down in 12 to 16 months, mm -hmm. but they might not. There's a good chance they will, but just because there's a good chance something may happen doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Right. Right? Let's look at how we predict weather. <laughs> right? It's a good chance based on these factors it's going to rain, but that chance may only be 60% or 70%. It doesn't mean it's going to rain. If it does rain, how hard and where? Right. That's still unknown. My son was at the driving range on Sunday. I was at my house. It's a whopping four and a half miles between my house and the driving range. Yeah. He came home because he got poured on. Over here, bright and sunny. Yep. 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 Me, me and Miles from the backyard, <laughs> hanging out by the pool on my laptop. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like one of those things like, is now a good time to buy a house? Well, it depends. For many people, yes. If you're in a position in your life where you need to own a home, what's your alternative? Renting? You know what rents are doing? Always going up. Always going up. You know how much of that rent is making you money? Zero. All, none, nothing. Yeah. You know how much of that rent is going towards uh, paying down something you, you, you own? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for that reason, yes. Do you know what waiting does? Typically, no good. Not not once, not one book have I read like, oh gosh, if you want to do something, just wait. Just hold no. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law told us that about starting a family. He's like, if you if you're waiting for the right time, you're never gonna start a family. Right. right? That's like, when's a good time to start a family? I don't know. Again, mm -hmm. when you're ready, what does that mean? Well, how stable are you? How how solid your relationship? Mm -hmm. But yeah, if, but if you're waiting for the right time, you're never going to have the right time. Would you would you say now is a good time if you're looking to sell your home? Because, you know, homes, values, a lot of people out there. Again, depends. Why are you selling your home? Because I think I can make so much money because I can d dictate my price and someone's going to pay over value for it. Cool. Where are you going to go live? I haven't thought that far. I mean, now, if you say, hey, I own three homes and I'm going to get rid of two of them because I believe, because you're Nostradamus Jr., <laughs> right. because you believe that the market has peaked or you believe that you can sell it for 10% over, over market value. This is a really good thought. Let's, let's kind of unpack it a little bit. You think, Hey, I can sell this for 10% over market because the market's still crazy. I'm going to go ahead and sell it and cash out now because in my, in my thought, homes will go up by 5% this year and only two or 3% next year. So if I wait two years, I'm going to sell it for the same exact price, theoretically, mm -hmm. than if I just sold it for 10% over today, mm. theoretically. I mean, look, if that's what makes you sleep good at night, then do it. I mean, but there's probably more behind it. I'm going to ask you, what are your tax implications if you sell it now versus sell it in two years? You ever thought about that? These are investment properties or these are second homes that you purchased and you've made all this money because of appreciation. Mm. You're going to have tax implications. You and I don't know what the tax code is going to be in two years. You and I also don't know where that person's taxable income is going to be. Mm. They may know it. They may be like, hey, look, I'm looking to retire in two years. Then I'd say, wait. Wait, because when you retire, there's a good chance your income goes down. When your income goes down, there's a good chance your 
your your tax rate goes down. But then again, I don't know if there's going to be a new tax law that passes that will incentivize or de-incentivize someone from selling property. So for most people, it's like, look, if it is now a good time to sell was your question. My answer was, it depends. If you just want to take money off the table and because you want a sure thing because you're up, they'll take, yeah, sell. But if you're selling, then where are you going to go? What are you going to go rent somewhere? Okay. People are doing that, by the way. People are selling today. They're like, I'm just going to go rent. Cool. So you go rent somewhere. Let's say you rent for 24 months at $2,000 a month, mm-hmm. right? So that is uh, $24,000 a year or $48,000 you're going to pay in rent over the next two years. You just threw that money away because you wanted to, I don't know, time the market. Mm-hmm. You wanted to, you're, I mean, you're super smart. You're super savvy. Like you must be an economist. Mm-hmm. You must, you must trade for a living. When I say trade, like you trade securities, you're some kind of a wall street hedge fund type, by the way, most aren't right. So I'm being facetious when I say that, but in, in your, your, your idea, that's what you're going to do. Okay. Well, let's think about that. So you sold and cashed out at the top, whatever that means. Yeah, I got all this money. By the way, this may be the top, and there's a new top next month and a new top in six months, right? I mean. Does that happen a lot when people come in and it's like, oh, I know I can get a boatload of money for my house. I just want to sell it. And then do they ever think, like, where are you going to live next? Like, oh. Yeah, but there are people right now that are selling and then they're renting. That's their strategy. Like, I'm. A- no one's going to know who's right or wrong for another two years. Right, that's right. So, hey, cool. Like whenever you're running some kind of scientific experiment, you need to have. Yeah, you need to have, right. Yeah, various. Sample size. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we're we're going to run both of them. And you won't know if you're wrong or right and how wrong or right you were for another two or three years. We'll come back at episode 416 and let you guys know where it shaked out. But, you know, it's interesting. We do have some content out there Mm -hmm. where I talked about what the housing market was going to (laughs) do. Yeah. And there is this dude, this know-it-all engineer out of, like, Chicago area. Okay. Who I remember on on LinkedIn, it may have been like something we did. Remember we did that like you did that slate where people were silenced with yeah, holding. Yes, yes. It was, and then we put that on LinkedIn. I think mm-hmm. we even boosted it back yeah. then. We were trying back to in the day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, some, there's a there's a thread on LinkedIn where people are talking about it. Yeah. This guy's like, whatever. I'm gonna come in and buy all your homes when the market crashes, mm. bro. From when he wrote that, I think homes were up almost sixty five percent. Even if the market crashed, yeah. even if it crashed and mm-hmm. went down 20%, homeboy still missed a 35% increase on his on, mm. on, on his purchase. So I want to find that one day. We will. Just a little dig. <laughs> just a little, uh-huh, look at this. Right. Like, look, I know when John and I put content out there, because there could be egg on our face. Mm-hmm. We we speak about the world as we know it, and I try to put in as as many caveats as possible. Yeah. Um, but I want to continue my, my yeah. thought or finish my thought of, so you sold your house at, at what you perceived as the top of the market. Mm-hmm. You would have done so in this strategy because you expect the market to do something. Yeah. Go down 10%, go down 20%. Yeah. Look, there is no bubble. And I'm going to say that there is no bubble. So if you saw a correction, you, you have to think, well, what did you do by cashing out? And now you're renting and, and you're renting at $2,000 a month, which is $24,000 a year. In three years, where does that leave you? Like, what would have that home been worth if you kept it and mm-hmm. continued to live in it? Mm-hmm. How much was your payment on that compared to how much was your payment on rent? And did you really end up ahead? It's kind of the person that drives 13 minutes out of their way to go save three cents a, on, on, on a gallon of gas. Like, I know that helped them sleep good at night and made them feel good about themselves. But how much gas did you burn driving those extra 13 minutes versus how much money did you save? Yeah. 
And then at the end of the day, you did what to save 65 cents? Seriously? Like, bro, if a dollar means that much to you, just come to me. I'll give you a dollar every single day. Yeah. Like, no, I wouldn't because at some point I'd run out of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I got you, though. Like, you're, you're picking up what I'm, what I'm putting down. Yeah. So I think there's there's never a wrong or right answer. But overall, like, we did an episode on is there a housing bubble about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So far, that's holding pretty strong. Yeah. I'm going to go do it again. No, there's no housing bubble. There is no bubble. Do we need things to slow down? Yes. Do we need to add inventory? Yes. Do we have an affordability crisis? Yes. Is there a quick fix or an answer? No. That's kind of scary. We have a red hot uh, job market. Isn't like that's a positive thing. Inflation's through the roof. That's a negative thing. The Fed's getting ready to, to increase the borrowing cost on banks and on consumers by jacking up the Fed funds rate. Not just once, but like six times this year. That's going to be required. That's going to bring our economy to a screeching halt. That's what they want. But is it going to impact housing to where we're going to see a bubble burst? The answer is no. So anyone who is like waiting to buy, I don't know what you're waiting for. Right? Someone who's selling right away, I don't know what your intentions really are. The odds are in your favor that homes will not get cheaper. The odds are in your favor that you can still sell your house for the same or more 12 to 24 months from now. Now, yes, there's going to be pockets. There are going to be pockets, certain neighborhoods, certain areas where, yes, you could definitely see if those homes were selling for 10 and 20% over appraised value, Mm -hmm. that if you sold now, maybe in a year or two, it's only selling for appraised value. Mm -hmm. So maybe you missed out on that. But what we don't know is what is appraised value one or two years from now? Like that was my thought is, well, one or two years from now, appraised value may very very well be the same exact thing as selling it for 20% over appraised value today. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the unknown and that's what you have to run your, your numbers on. But you should factor in there isn't a bubble. Yes, things are slowing down because it became so hot people can't afford. Mm-hmm. It, it became so hard to find a home that people gave up. Right. Builders are out there building. Eventually, that'll start. That inventory start hitting the market. That'll that'll be a good thing. All right, I have a follow up for that. Yes. What if I'm looking to refi? Is now a good time to refi? Now's a fantastic time to refinance if you're trying to get your financial house in order. If you're sitting down and you're looking at all the financial principles, we did an episode two years ago on budgeting. It's one of my favorite episodes. I would do it almost monthly if people would tune into it. <laughs> the problem is people see budgeting uh, and it's like asking them to eat their vegetables. Yeah. They're like, nah, I'll pass. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, but they should. I know. You all should consume any any content on budgeting and then you should figure out how to make a lifestyle change and create good habits around budgeting. Yep. But yes, if you're sitting down for the first time and you're figuring out, oh my gosh, I don't have six months reserves. Again, what does that mean? Well, it's all your bills added up times six, you need that much money sitting in a savings account. Oh my gosh, I'm not contributing enough towards my 401k because I have too much consumer debt. Oh my gosh, I've done nothing to, to start a college savings fund for my child or my children and that's important to me. Oh my gosh, my house is, needs repairs, it needs maintenance and I can't really afford it. Oh my gosh, I bought my house three years ago for $250,000 and it's worth $400,000 today. Stop, collaborate and listen. 
<laughs> okay, let's talk about how to refinance can help you become less of a financial mess to actually get your financial house in order. So no, you're not going to refinance today to save money per se on your monthly payment, right? You bought your house one, two, three years ago, your interest rate is well below five and a quarter, five and a half, which is where rates are today as we talk in May, 2022. But if you can take this equity, which is your money that's doing nothing for you, and you can transfer that money out of equity and into all these other avenues, you could set yourself up for long-term financial success because you need that cleanse, you need that fast, you need that 75 hard moment mm. that sets you up for life. So what I would tell that person who bought their house for 250, who put a whopping 3% down three years ago, so now they owe somewhere around 230, their home is worth 400, let's do a cash out refinance. Let's do it to a $320,000 loan size, which is 80% of 400. That means your new loan is gonna be for 320. We're gonna pay off the 230 that you owe, and we're gonna give you roughly 90 grand in your pocket. Huh? Yeah. Now look, your mortgage payment is going to go up by roughly $300 because your interest rate's going up. And your mortgage payment's gonna go up by another $400 because your, your loan size is going up. So that's a $700 swing. Oh, but by the way, because all the equity, you don't have PMI anymore. So I'm gonna save you 150 a month. So that $700 swing is actually only a $550 swing. And now we're gonna take that $90,000, John and Sally Homemaker, and we are going to put $36,000 into your savings account. That's your six months reserves. When you sat down and you tallied up all your bills, they came to $6,000. That was groceries, that was car insurance, that was cell phone, mm -hmm. et cetera. Boom. Of the 90, we, we subtract 36, and that's gonna leave us roughly $54,000. Of that $54,000, I noticed you have 14 grand on your, on your car. We're gonna pay that off because that's a $500 a month payment. So now you owe, you owe 40 grand. Of the 40 grand, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna give you $25,000 for all the home improvement projects that you wanna do. Now you're improving your property. Now we left you with $15,000. Of the $15,000, we, we are going to use 12,000 to pay off all your credit cards. And that leaves you with $3,000. Of that $3,000, you're gonna go and you're gonna open up a 529, and you're gonna open up, which is a college savings plan, and you're gonna open up an IRA for you and an IRA for your spouse. And then you're gonna set yourself up for monthly contributions into all four of those. Let's I'm gonna say four because I'm assuming you have two kids, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, I wiped out your credit cards, which by the way, that was minimum payments of 400. Wiped out your car payment, which was 400. So that's $800. Ooh, I gave you money to fix up your house. Yes, your mortgage payment net went up by 650 bucks, but I saved you 800 by paying off the credit cards in the, in the car. So you're a positive 150 a month. 
You've created more cash flow into your home and into your household size. You've opened up a college savings plan. You opened up an individual retirement plan. You've improved your property and you have 150 bucks left over every single month of which maybe you put 50 bucks into your 401k and now you have a hundred dollars. Oh, and by the way, you remember we you have what's called a reserve account of 36 grand. That's your rainy day fund. Never again should you ever be in credit card debt. Never again, because when and if life throws you a curveball, you go to that account and you borrow from yourself. Mm -hmm. You pay for whatever it is, new refrigerator, uh, car engine exploded, what have you. And then now every time that you fall below that 36 grand, you infuse more money back into yourself at 0% interest. Hmm. Like how good are you going to sleep, John, when you, your, your house is fixed up, you have no credit card debt, you have no auto payment. You've opened up a college savings plan. You opened up an IRA. You're putting a little bit extra money towards your, towards your 401k. Mm -hmm. You have $36,000 in the bank and your monthly bills are less by a hundred dollars net. Sign me up. Right? So you asked the question <laughs> right. for that person. And if you're a mortgage loan originator, that's what you should be doing. You should be taking that to financial advisors, that to your past clients, that to your church, that to your, to your community right. and talk to them about it. Take what the defense has given you. For a homeowner, the defense gave you a shit ton of equity over the past three years. You didn't work for that. You didn't. It was given to you. The question is, what do you do with that opportunity? Because the money is just sitting there doing nothing for you. Right. Now, for some people, if you already don't have a car payment, you already maxed out the 401k, you already have six months reserves, et cetera, et cetera, it's just a win. Yeah. Right? That's just the rich getting richer. <laughs> but most of us aren't rich. Right. Most of us need that. Mm -hmm. And just imagine, again, having six months of your lifestyle reserve, no car payment, no credit cards. Sounds cliche, but it's life changing. I hear people it say is that, life changing. People in the office Be say it all the time. Yeah, because then what ends up happening is you sleep better, you worry less. The minute you start, you stop worrying. You can actually have forward thoughts and creative thoughts. It's going to give you the confidence that maybe you need to go launch your own company, right, right. to to push for that promotion to go in and get that designation that's going to help you in your career. Before, the way to the world, the way to the world, just, just. I it, didn't have time. I have too many bills, too many debts. I don't have time to think about Just didn't that. have the energy. Just didn't have the energy because all that stuff weighed on you. How many consumers, in your experience, would you think when they hear like refi, they just go like, oh, it's only going to save me like 50 bucks, 100 bucks on. Well, they don't know. Yeah, they, they just don't know. Right. They, some don't even know what a refinance is. What does that really mean? Refinance, to finance again. Right. But why would I do that? Why would it make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and then they don't think of it like, I think of this as debt structuring. Let me structure your debt. Mm -hmm. You own a asset, that asset is worth X. Let's leverage that asset to restructure all of your debt. Corporations do it all the time. That's how they survive, leveraged debt. As a consumer, if you are a homeowner and you've owned your home for 12 or more months, the market's been generous to you. You have a net worth, you have an, an asset, a nest egg. How do you leverage that to position yourself better for the future? I'm not saying pull it out to go buy the new electric Mustang or to go like, no, like, like we're not, we're saying to, to 
really do things that are responsible. Right. Uh, the last question for today's episode. Is now a good time to become a mortgage loan originator? Is now a good time? Whew. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay. A lot. For those that made it this far into the episode, I'm sure we're getting to go up to the slate because we haven't hit our <laughs> we haven't hit our KPIs that, that are gonna right. afford us to go out and buy the right camera. Right. Um, here's what you have to understand. I think now's the best time. It's the best time to be entering into the mortgage industry. And you have been saying that for quite a while. Yes. But it's too but hard. It's it is be- freaking hard. Look, look, it is hard. If if you don't have a book of business, if you don't know what you're doing. It's going to be damn hard to find a good company to hire you, period, end of story. But look at what you're fighting for. You're fighting for a chance to control your own destiny. You're fighting for the opportunity to own your own book of business. You're fighting for the opportunity to make as much money as people who go to medical school. The brightest of the brightest, those that have, that have dedicated almost two and a half decades of their life to schooling, you're giving yourself that opportunity. So if, 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 if it's hard, it's supposed to be hard. If, if you have to fight, it's worth the fight. But if you're going to enter into this industry, then I think now's the best time because this is a time frame that only the strong survive. And the strong don't just survive, they thrive. So you will be forced to learn how to do this, this industry the right way the advisor way, the consultant way. We're not hustling and closing deals. We're networking, creating a following and giving advice. That advice leads to an opportunity to finance someone's home purchase or to help someone with a debt consolidation refinance loan that changes their life, that teaches them some basic financial principles along the way. And yes, in return, you can make a big fat commission check, Hmm. but it's gonna force you to have to stand out It's going to force you to have to have built these trusting relationships to become a great communicator, a great storyteller. It's going to force you to know fourth grade math really well. It's going to force you to understand the basics of of personal finance and to give that advice. So I think it's the best time you're going to, it's going to force you to create good habits. It's going to prove to you that it's not necessarily easy. Now this industry, for those that survived the first two years, it's pretty easy to make a hundred thousand dollars. If that's a lot of money to you, it's pretty easy to make $100,000 if you can survive the first two years, hmm. right? And sometimes that's just a stupidity contest. Like, right, yeah. who's dumb enough to do this? Right, yeah, right. You know, and I, and not stupidity in that way, but like, kind of like in a jackass type way, if you mm-hmm. ever watch, uh, you know, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, it's like, um, I joke with my friends that ran track. To me, the 400, which is one lap around the mm-hmm. track, yeah, that's a dumb person's race. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy man's race or crazy woman's race. Why? Because you're sprinting as fast as you can, but not like the 100 like Usain Bolt does. No, it's the whole freaking lap. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) and then the 800's right behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the mortgage industry is that way. Like, are you, are you strong enough? Are you stubborn enough to to withstand the first two years? To just every day get up and every day put one foot in front of the other and every day try to get 1% better. Even if what you're trying to get better from is like the worst day was yesterday, cool. Mm. That means you can only go up from here. So I think if you can withstand the first two years, it's a pretty easy industry to make a hundred grand, but it's not easy to survive the first two years. And then I'm going to tell someone like, look, it's not the most glorious industry. 
I know $100,000 may be a lot of money, but once you make it, it's not. Go make 250, go make 400, go make 600. If you're gonna do something, be great at it. Like why do something in half ass? Makes no sense in the world. So if you're gonna do it, you go do it. But is this, is, is now a good time? Yes. Is it gonna be hard to, to catch the attention of an employer if you don't have a book of business, you don't have a following, and you don't know what you're doing? Hell to the yes. It is gonna be hard, but it's worth it. How bad do you want it? And then when you do get in, be grateful that it's gonna force you to get great. Or it's going to force you to get going right. one or the other, but it's what it's not going to do. And this is what the industry did in 2020 and 2021. It's also what the industry did during the harp refinance boom years of 2012 and 2013. It's also what the industry did in years like 2004, five and six. It's not going to give you a false sense of greatness. Oh, it's always like this. It's always funny. It's going to be humbling. It's going to be trying, but as they say, the cream rises to the top. Mm -hmm. Well, if you believe in yourself and you see yourself as the cream, this is the best time to get in. No different than it, 2009, 10, 11 was the best time for my two partners and I to grow our brand, to launch our branch, to then open up multiple branches. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to do that in years like 2020 and 2021. No, we do that during the hard years because what we do, we do better than most. And because of that, mm -hmm. when it gets hard, the true pros, there's a, what's called a flight to safety. They start seeking out the elite. So it's a fantastic time for us. Now, look, it's a bloodbath out there. I ain't gonna lie. It is a freaking bloodbath. I almost want to do an episode just called the bloodbath. <clears throat> like, I promise you my income will be half this year than probably what it was maybe the previous seven years. And I promise you I'm gonna work my butt off harder than I've worked the previous two or three years. And there's reasons behind that. Why am I working so hard? Because we're growing, right? We are growing. Why am I gonna make half the money I made? Well, one, the profit margins aren't there. Pricing pressure is real, right? Uh, uh, compressed margins are real. Razor thin profitability is real. Half of the mortgage companies out there this year will not be profitable, period, end of story. Like, that's it. They're gonna be merged, they're gonna be acquired. Um, eventually it's going to force them to not be able to invest in products and not invest in technology. That's why loan officers, it is important to you that your, that your mortgage company is profitable. I know you think, Oh, I don't care. I don't well, care. As long as I'm, I'm making money, you know, but no, it does matter long-term to you. You know, if they, if they start laying off too many underwriters, now you can't get your loans closed in, in three and four weeks. So like it, it, it kind of does matter, but for us, yes, that's real. But also what is real is we're reinvesting. I'm making the conscious decision that I'm so bullish on this industry and on housing that the money that we are making, we're reinvesting back into technology. We're reinvesting back into talented people. We're reinvesting into growing, right? Opening up branches in other, in, in other locations, whether it's Ormond Beach, Florida, whether it's Nashville, Tennessee, or, or uh, Greenwood, which is right outside of Greenville, South Carolina. Like we're looking at opportunities in Tampa, Sarasota, Miami, we're looking at opportunities in Houston, right? Like that's what this market is giving us. Um, but it is a bloodbath, right? I think that's that's um, something that people should just be aware of, but also know that 2018 was considered a bloodbath and it was trying. And that was one of my worst income years over the past seven, but it's still a great income year. Mm. At the end of the year, I looked back, I licked my wounds, I caught my breath and I was like, damn, I became 
twice as good as a mortgage professional and I'm positioned now for future success. So all that hard work and the butt kickings I took in 2018 allowed me to improve in 2019 and really allowed me to capitalize on what 2020 and 2021 gave me. 2022 back on is, is now a good time to enter into the mortgage industry. Well, yes, because you're going to come in, you're going to take your butt kicking, you're going to learn, you're going to network, you're going to, you're going to, uh, um, gain your following so that in 2023 or 2024 or 2025, you're in a position to capitalize on what the market gives you. Well said. Is I'm now, out of breath. Is now a good time to end the episode? Now's a fantastic time, John, to end the episode. <laughs> Look, his name is John Coleman. If you ever want to connect with him, I dare you to Google his name and Don't. best of luck yeah. to you. I love to connect with you all. LinkedIn's my, my favorite place to connect. Instagram is probably number two. Facebook is a distant, distant, distant number three. Right. Um, reach out. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. Mm -hmm. Check out our website, tloponline.com. That is the loanofficerpodcast.com. Consider at least becoming a freemium member. It's, it's free. free. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you really dig what we're doing and you want the best content, we are going to ask you for a $25,000 donation. $25,000 donation, Dustin. Well, oh my <laughs> God. Why are you going to scare them? <laughs> I am sorry. I, I couldn't let that one go. A $25 donation. Oh a but hey, if there's a whale out there that wants it, hey. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a mere $25 <laughs> donation. Um, if you're really interested, we are launching our uh, TLOP coaching mm -hmm. platform for loan officers. Mm -hmm. Um, so inquire, inquire on the website, JC will, uh, will respond to you. Mm -hmm. We're gathering names and interests, mm -hmm. uh, more details to follow. Yep. And, um, we're pretty confident we're going to do a TLOP live event. 2023. 2023. We're looking at probably February for doing that mm -hmm. in Orlando, Florida. So kind of mentally mark your calendars for that. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, uh, continue to follow us, continue to subscribe on all platforms. That yep. is YouTube, that's Spotify, that's Apple, Stitcher, Google, anywhere that they Make podcasts. Make you know, or offer podcasts. Offer. Yeah. I mean, we make them, and then they get yeah hosted. they get hosted on on various platforms. Um, yeah, and thank you. How about that? And thank you. So that's all the time we have for you today. But we will catch you in the next episode. Peace.